What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 26, 2020. I'm Greg Miller, alongside the founder of MinMax, Ben Hansen. Hello. Thank you for having me, Greg. I appreciate ben, it a lot, man. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. Of course, you were one of the many GDC guests that were supposed to roll on through and do stuff with us, and then everything had to go to hell. That was bizarre. I had so many podcasts lined up, and they all just started dropping. I was like, okay, Kind of Funny is the last one. Is it worth going out to San Francisco just to be on Kind of Funny? And I was on the fence, Greg, because I also hang yeah. out with friends and stuff like that. And then finally, yeah, had to let it go. But thank you. I appreciate you making time for me. No, I'm glad we could. Uh, ben, if for some reason people do not know you, who are you? Describe yourself to the kids. Oh, man. So I was at Game Informer for nine years. Started there in 2010. Oh I was the video producer, like the first full-time video hire at Game Informer. Uh, and so then, you know, I went on 80 cover story trips, which is wow. a very Game Informer phrase that I know not everyone's used to. But yeah. so I had to do a cover story, go out there, spend two days at the studio shooting stuff, like a lot of rapid fire interviews is kind of what became known for later on. Uh, and then uh, eventually hosted the Game Informer show podcast, started out with Tim Turry. And I think we had you as a guest early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, it was probably like 2015 or so. Um, and so I had a great time with that and then ended up leaving Game Informer at the end of 2019 to launch MinMax. It was kind of a result of the Game Informer layoffs in August, which brought Imran to you. So not sure. all bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Funny how things work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a, you know, it was a really tough day when those layoffs happened. The I can imagine. The community has been amazing, but it felt like, you know, seven of your best friends were kind of ripped out of the airplane. And then I said, well, I'm going to jump out too. Uh, <laughs> the community built a huge pillow for us. So the MinMax community has been fantastic. Like the discord and just like the positive spirit overall has been amazing. Like the highlight of my life so far. I love it. Dude. Oh yeah. I mean, I know you're so fresh in it. I don't know if it's had a chance to hit you, but yeah, it's going to be the best time of your life. Doing this That's is crazy. amazing and doing it for yourself and with your friends is what it's all about. So for obviously people understand Game Informer, MinMax, how do you guys describe the content you create? All right, the big umbrella, when it was like, you know, I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to start taking notes on what this thing could be. Like the defining thing that it landed on was, we want it to be about games, friends, and getting better, which is broad, so we can move around a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. But it was so crazy just having like that getting better part in there has really defined a big part of MinMax, which is really sweet. Like so many people write into the MinMax show podcast with just, hey, on the topic of getting better, I'm having trouble with this in my life. And just having that little, I wouldn't say throwaway, it was just like, oh, getting better. But that sure. has like, curated this positivity amongst the MinMax community. And obviously the name implies getting better and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, so the MinMax show is our main podcast every Thursday. And then it seems like what the community is most passionate about is we do big community game clubs that we call the deepest dive. So we call them the best, most thorough discussions about games on the internet. Uh, so we've done, started with Outer Worlds, then we just wrapped up Chrono Trigger. So jeez, oh, dude, awesome. It's super fun. So we all play together and then the community plays along and sends in hundreds and hundreds of comments. We curate it down just to have the most comprehensive comprehensive discussion about these games. Uh, we just launched one on Animal Crossing, uh, oh, yeah, which is did. different. So it could theory, in theory, like never end. Uh, but we're <laughs> going to have a couple episodes now and it's super fun. So we have like Sarah Podzorski on there who worked at 8.4. She's in the 8.4 Play podcast for a while. So she's worked on like localizing games like Monster Hunter World and Xenoblade Chronicles X. So having like a localization expert on to talk about Animal Crossing is great. We have Kelsey Lewin, who's the co-director of the Video Game History Foundation. So having an expert in Animal Crossing history and video game history. And then we have Ana Diaz, who used to be at Polygon, friend of the show. Uh, so it's a really fun group. And then we're also going to be doing a, a big game club discussion for the Final Fantasy VII remake too. When that comes oh out. yeah. I'm looking forward to it so much. Awesome. Well, you guys are doing great stuff, and thank you for spending some time with us today. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You're, you're doing well in the pandemic. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a weird situation where uh, the studio, the MinMax studio, the luxurious MinMax studio here is in uh, my basement. And yeah. so it's just <laughs> I know that game well. Yeah, so we can have fewer and fewer people here. And now uh, it's like, okay, it's just a situation where everything will be done remotely. But because I'm fortunate enough to have the studio in my basement, it's like, well, we can make maybe more content than ever. Um, and it's nice just to give people some sort of sense of community, you know, just doing more commentary tracks, uh, just big group discussions, stuff like that. We had a quarantine call-in show just to like check in on people in the community, just talk about how That's they're awesome. dealing with this historic event and stuff. And so, yeah, we're being productive, but it's a bizarre time. Like we're talking before the show about like, we just yeah. had a big relaunch with like a new uh, logo and visual scheme and all this stuff at MinMax. And just like trying to rally people to hit Patreon goals right now just feels gross. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really tough line to walk but people have been really supportive and sweet and just talking about how much they appreciate having friendly voices in this time so it's it's nice yeah our audience has been there for us on that as well so i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're doing great stuff i'm glad you're doing great as well but Thank ben you so much yes are you prepared to talk about nintendo dropping and direct mini out of nowhere epic partnering with a bunch of game developers we all love in fallout 76 getting its stuff delayed i am so excited to talk about it Good, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can ask us your questions. You can submit your squad up requests and so much more. Plus, you can get the show ad-free, and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every day. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Keep us honest. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. I can tell you Aiden from Edmonton already points out that I said it was Wednesday when in fact it is Thursday. Perfect. Time has lost all meaning when you work from home and never leave your house. <laughs> I can't keep it straight, Ben. Um, beyond that, of course, beyond. Uh, you can watch later youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe uh thank you all for your support each and every weekday let's get into some housekeeping uh today we are streaming animal crossing uh new horizons this afternoon 2 p.m over on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you can come see my island you can come see joey's island and you can come see whatever andy and blessing have been up to blessing really has been slacking off it turns out in animal crossing he seemed like he was all in ben he seemed like he was big on it and he just fell away I know. I think he was turned off by Tom Nook. I've been listening and he's like, yeah, just the guy. I own too much money. I don't like it. But like, if you're not used to that, then yeah. you're not going to withstand the, the and, that's, and that's the thing about an Animal Crossing player. You come full circle. I love Tom Nook now. I remember oh, in GameCube yeah. days when I hated this guy and he kept, I tried to get out of debt. He'd give me more debt. I hated it. Now it's cool. It's cool. We're cool. Because you're a businessman now, Greg. You understand mm -hmm. what he has to do. To, to I understand. I was too young yeah. back in college. I didn't really fully that's understand right. what was going on. Plus, you've uh, got to imagine like him on that island. He must have like a secret, just awesome mansion hidden somewhere. Totally. Kind of like Jeff Probst on Survivor. Like he's got some secret Shangri-La out back. I think it's the same with Tom Nook. I think he's it's holding on us. You're yeah. telling me him and Isabel are sleeping in that uh, resident services building all the time? No way. They're going somewhere and getting naps in. Uh, if you don't, can't catch us live on Twitch or you hear this later, remember it will be on YouTube.com slash games later. Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, Mohammed Mohammed Momo, Drew Garnier Frutis, Blackjack, and the Destiny... To PC Clan from Kind of Funny. Uh, today we're brought to you by Quip and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. Uh,
Thank you, Kevin. And let me tell you, the three might seem like, oh, man, that's a slow news day. Ben, it is anything but a slow news day. <laughs> oh, my God. It was awesome waking up like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then just bam, 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 bam. Like, all right, the basket's full. Let's go. Well, it's hilarious, right? So if you didn't catch it, ladies and gentlemen, what happened is Nintendo shadow dropped a direct mini. Just we woke up, bam, there it is. And what is interesting about that is that yesterday in the kind of funny games daily slack where we, we slack morning news stories, I had seen that. Jeff Grubb from Games Beat had retweeted an old tweet that was there's going to be a March Nintendo Direct in the works that'll come out on the 26th. And I put that in Slack as more of a, oh man, if this comes up in context today of like, it should have been announced today, but clearly it's not going to happen. Right. And then I wake up today and be like, Grubb was right. God damn it. What do you think it is? Why did they change their messaging? Did you think it has to do with the virus? I do. I think it ha- I want to I want to get into this and go for it, but like let's start with because this I think your question is at the very top of it, right? So, I there's been a Nintendo Direct Mini, a whole bunch of games announced, a whole bunch of games out today, things for 2020. When I clicked on it and started the YouTube video this morning, the first thing that pops up is this screen. Please note Due to COVID-19, release dates and other information presented in this video are subject to change. For potential updates, please check the official Nintendo website and social media channels as as well as those of the other publishers. Our hearts go out to all those impacted by COVID-19 during this challenging time. Yeah, the question, I think leading with that is so strong, of course, because I think every, if you're doing anything right now, you have to acknowledge that the world's very different and weird and we're all figuring it out together. Right. But then, yeah, the question of why wasn't this made out to be a bigger deal? I think it's multifaceted. I think the fact they lead with that means they already know a bunch of these games are getting delayed. They already know that nothing's set in stone. But I do think on top of that, I think it's learning. I mean, look at what just happened with PlayStation and Road to PlayStation, right? And the Mark Cerny thing where they got out in front of and promoted it just by a day and literally said what it was. And that didn't matter. People got in their head what it was going to be. They flipped out. They went crazy with it. To now, if Nintendo would have been like, hey, everybody, Nintendo Direct Mini, Every even when I saw the headline today, I was like, oh, sh- did they talk about Zelda? Did they say something about Metroid? You know what I mean? Like, right. it would have been 24 hours at least of that kind of uh, excitement for it. And then to get here and not have that, like those big names are missing from this. I think you would have had blowback. There's still exciting stuff in here, but it's interesting. Oh, just yeah. The word mini, them trying to cool a little bit like i'm trying to keep up with all the different brandings there's nintendo indie world <laughs> yeah. nintendo direct nintendo yeah. mini direct pokemon direct which is a little bit separate it's yeah. like okay so super smash brothers get directs but what do they call them they call them something else too i think yeah let me know <laughs> yeah so it's like okay the word mini in there all right we can calibrate i just i think it's a weird move like i would have loved to have streamed this if i had any sort of heads up oh. here at mid max anything like that but hey it's an exciting morning so we can't complain <laughs> And that's that's what I, I wonder how many times it is too of is it our, ourselves, you know, the game's personalities or whatever, YouTubers, do we shoot ourselves in the foot with this? Because again, no matter how they would have promoted this, hype would have been through the roof. And then to get there and not have that hype, would we have walked away being like, it was good, but it could, why did they promote You know what I mean? So is that why they didn't promote right. it and tell us ahead of time? Because yeah, I know when I woke up this morning, it, the first, the I knew it happened because blessing in the slack was like should i not watch this are we going to do a reacts to it and it was like oh, well, i don't even know like I, and then it was you know i talked when tim got on he was like i'm gonna hit up nintendo pr and be like what the hell's going on about this it's this weird thing of why they did it this way but again i think this makes a lot of sense for this kind of direct i guess we should get into it and then we'll come back yes. to it yes Here's Details, what, please. let's if you're you're here you're watching you're listening for the first time let's go through it uh first off they announced a whole bunch of different games available today 
first being, or well, I'm just reading through a press release. This is not chronological. Uh, so good job is out in this madcap action puzzle game from Nintendo perform hilarious and challenging tasks around a sprawling office building to get the job done by any means necessary alone or in two player mode. Then Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order's expansion pass, Pack 3, uh, uh, it's Doctor Doom versus uh, the Fantastic Four in the Fantastic Four Shadow of Doom. It's launching today. Like every, uh, the, Everything till I say is coming out today. How are you feeling pack- about that one, by the way? So stoked. Like, I mean, legitimately, like, we knew this was coming. We knew this was dropping. We knew it was Fantastic Four and all that. But when the trailer started, I looked at the floor. Like, I was like, I don't even, I'm going to play this. Because, like, if you're not following, like, the other expansion passes have been modes and characters and things, but this is more story. This is do- right. this is a story expansion of Doctor Doom coming in and trying to take over everything. So I was like, yes, please. And it's obviously playable characters are added here. It's all Fantastic Four. It's the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom. Uh, new yeah. story. Uh, if, if you can buy, you can only buy this through the expansion pass, which is twenty bucks, which it comes with pack one, two, and three. I thought one and two were worth it on their own, so I'm still yeah, have more to go through. Back at the back at Game Informer, I was on that cover story trip uh, visiting Nintendo for that one, and like I was surprised. I know Fantastic Four is popular, I get it, but there is <laughs> a core of passion for the Fantastic Four that I don't think I quite understood until we had an interview with Bill Roseman from Marvel and asked the, for community questions. Oh yeah. And it was just dozens and dozens and dozens of like, just ask about Fantastic Four. That's all we care about. Like they are a passionate group. So I hope they're happy with this. Yeah, no. And that's the thing. Yeah. You talk about it. Like you figure Fantastic Four fans have been starved for Fantastic Four content for so long. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, the, the rights battle got so bad with the movie people that Marvel canceled the comic book <laughs> until they could try to get, until they could get them back. So I understand why people are just stoked to have anything Fantastic Four related. Yeah, for sure. Uh, beyond that, it's still out today. Ring Fit Adventure gets an update. A new free update is coming to Ring Fit Adventure later today. The update adds a new rhythm game mode, an option to switch to a female voice and to change the language of the in-game voice and more. Uh, in the rhythm game mode, move to the beat of a dozen music tracks from Ring Fit Adventure and a few tracks from popular games, including Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, uh, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So that's cool. I, yeah, I, I'm super I, I, I saw uh, Andre from Game Explain, right? Be like, good guy Nintendo to give out free content to their fitness game when everyone's trapped inside trying to play their fitness game. Desperate to just get their hands on the fitness game, actually. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to butcher this one so you can help me if you want. Uh, Shinsuke? Yeah, Shinsuke, right? Like Nakamura. Shinsuke uh, Into the Depths is in this deep sea exploration game, players collect resources to upgrade their gear, craft items, and dive deeper into the abyss. What's interesting about this is that this is the one that Apple debuted when they were talking about Apple Arcade and all that stuff. They put this up on the screen. And I remember watching, I thought that was a terrible demo that was not interesting. Not the game's fault, just how Apple used it. It made it look super slow. The trailer they used here on the Direct Mini, I was like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, it seems all right. It kind of reminded me for a bit of like, oh, it's like that Insomniac game that no one talks about, the Song of the Deep. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, Song of the Deep. Yeah. I love Song of the Deep. Yeah, you kidding sure. me? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. GameStop published. Hey, way to go. I know. Oh, yeah. And they... I, they you want you wonder why is GameStop out of business? Remember how much merch they had around Song of the Deep, like hoping, like trying to will into existence that. I, I think, think I'm the only person. Cool, I'm the only person <laughs> who had the Funko Pops for Song of the Deep because I was like, <laughs> I love Song of the Deep. Oh, go on eBay though, man. They're flying up. You no, know, that's exactly where that's where mm-hmm. you're gonna make it, right? Uh, Panzer Dragoon remake. In this remake of the Dragon Riding Classic, players pilot the Blue Dragon through incredible landscapes, battling giant creatures and lethal battleships using 360 degree controls and lock-on targeting. I know that's a big one for a lot of people. It doesn't matter to me. Do you care? Um, I personally am not the biggest fan, yeah. but it's cool to see. And like, I know the team that made it, gosh, I know. Did they make the latest fear effect game? It's not the strongest group. I believe if I'm connecting this right. Um, kind of but funny, that it's exciting. 
There we go. Um, but then also, yeah, it's fun to see that it's like, okay, it's going to be a Nintendo exclusive for a little bit, they said. So we'll see. Mm. And then Star Wars uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. And our Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy to learn the ways of the Force. Players can customize their Jedi looks and battle online with up to 16 players when Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy launches on Nintendo Switch today. And that's all well and good, but there was a quick follow-up after that. that so that's now, now we're getting into launching in 2020 at some point. I'll jump to the very last one here in their bullet points because it attaches to that one. Star Wars Episode One Racer. Strap yeah. into a pod racer and go first to go for first place in Star Wars Episode One Racer launching soon for Nintendo Switch. So exciting. I love that game. I used to play it all the time on PC, and then I was so into it. I had a friend stand behind me, and every time I would hit something in the game, he would shake my chair. Wow, just for, that's like, real friendship. VR. Oh, yeah, it was a real partnership <laughs> we had. But that's you, were the first, love- you, you were the first 4D game experience. <laughs> that's right, yeah. But now I love Gascano just because of that game. Like He's my boy, so I can't wait to play that on Switch. That was the one, Is and I'm not, because I was never the biggest Star Wars guy. Episode one racer. This is this. This is the one that came to N sixty four as well, right? Yep. Or is it yep. okay? Okay, because I remember when my friend Mike had that game, and yeah, you could use the two. You could do two. Uh, I want to say Joy Cons now because they've broken me. Two N sixty four controllers, right, and have dual analog control for it. Yeah, now that's pod racing. That is pod racing. You know what I mean? And that's the one, right, where they hid episode two content in it for so long or something. Remember, there was yeah, the one right. Star Wars game. It might have been. It might have been the other way, where they hit episode one content in whatever Star Wars game they put out, and you could then unlock and get the code. And I remember it being a big deal. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you remember this completely <laughs> nerdy thing that I'm talking about. Um, all right, back, so this is full on launching in 2020, sometime kind of thing. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, the original Xenoblade Chronicles game, which marked the debut of fan favorite character Shulk, comes to Nintendo Switch with a new epilogue story. Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. This definitive edition of the RPG also looks better and plays smoother than ever before. The battle HUD and menu screens are easy to read and easy to use. Some of the music tracks have been remastered or remixed. Some of remastered or remixed. It's so odd. Exactly. Well, it's Nintendo. <laughs> Experience the majesty of Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition game when it launches on the Switch May 29th. On the same day, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Works set will also be launching, featuring a 250-page art book full of beautiful landscapes, imposing monsters, and more. It's exciting. I love that game. And it's so fun to see like the full journey of that game, at least in the West of originally sure. with what Operation Rainfall, just praying that it comes here. And now we're getting a remaster and it looks great. And the fact that Nintendo and their direct mini are calling it like, hey, this modern classic. It's like, it's so funny how something just barely clinging to life is now like heralded as, ah, the grand return of this Nintendo beloved classic. Well, they've been in Smash Brothers enough to get everybody to know who they are now, right? Yeah, I guess. So they started like, yelling about Shulk. I was like, oh, shirtless Shulk. Tim plays as him. I know who that is. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the new... Uh, redone soundtrack like uh that game soundtrack is unbelievable like mitsuda from chrono trigger fame uh composed i think like a third of the music um it's it's fantastic uh up next animal crossing new horizons now that animal crossing new horizons is launched on nintendo switch the first seasonal event is on its way between april 1 and april 12 residents of the island can participate in bunny day to find eggs hidden by bunny visitor zipper and craft special items with them the next free update to hit the game hits in late april which adds earth the earth day event Follow the Animal Crossing Twitter account for the latest news and updates about the game. Yeah, uh, we all laugh when Zipper T Bunny comes on the screen, but like the part that got me in the heartstrings more than I expected was the egg hunt. Where yeah. you see, like, oh, I might do that. Then I think about like, oh man, if we're still in the midst of this around Easter, like the idea of so many kids getting to do their egg hunt, like in Animal Crossing, is so right. sweet. 
Yeah. And like, that was the thing of like, I, you know, I love animal crossing. I'm a totally addicted and helplessly addicted to it right now. Just more content in general gets me excited. And it, yeah. it has so many of the pangs of, did you, are you an animal crossing person? Oh yeah. Love it. Did you play pocket camp too? Actually, no, I didn't. Pocket camp. Like I was so desperate. I got into it. And it was that thing of like, I didn't even want the Christmas stuff, but I was there crafting all the Christmas stuff. I was like, oh, I, I got to do something. I'm, I'm <laughs> earning all this, this currency or whatever it was in the game. Like, so I'm looking at all this Easter stuff they're putting up today, like the uh, entryway and the big egg. And I'm like, all this is hideous, but I know that I'm going to spend time crafting. it. <laughs> yeah, I know that sure. I'm, I need to have these seasonal decorations ready to go on my island at any time. And it's interesting but, to think about like, oh, you can't even time travel your way to these future holidays. If they're going to be bundled yeah. in with updates on the Switch version, then it's yeah. a weird thing where it's like, okay, no cheating. You just have to wait it out like the rest of us time travelers. Yeah. Brian Altano, you yeah. coward from IGN. Monster. Uh, Kevin, here's, oh, I'm, I'm calling in Ke- voice of God, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, do you hear point. me? Yeah, I'm here. So here's my question. Yeah. You wanted me to put on the headset so I can hear myself, yeah. which I'm fine with. And I think agree. it works and it's good or whatever. Now, though, the question I have for you, am, are my lips smacking too much? I feel like my lips are smacking. I'm getting that like, I, you know what I mean? I, and I know yeah, people I, hate that. No, I I haven't had a problem hearing okay. that. but Because uh, it might just be one of those things I'm in my head, Ben. I never hear myself. Hear you guys wear headsets yeah, all the time think, when you record, right? I think it's right? more that uh, – yeah. It's been years since I recorded. You're in your skull, you know? It's the sound no, I hear my own lips it, smacking yeah, my head. Skull acoustics, dude. Yeah, I don't think skull that acoustics, uh, we're the worst. It too much. If only I could soundproof them in here, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a couple people in the chat saying it's not a problem. You're good, Greg. Cool. Uh, yeah, actually, more smacking would be nice. Yeah. All right, anyways, moving on. Still in 2020, and like I said, it's going to be a long one. Pack a lunch. Uh, Pokemon Sword Expansion Pass and Pokemon Shield Expansion Pass uh, with the new, everything I just said, uh, the sprawling island of the sea, the Isle of Armor, and the frozen snowscape known as the Crown Tundra will be available to the Galar region. On the Isle of Armor, trainers can gather uh, at a new dojo for Pokemon battles to master their skills. By training at this dojo, players will receive the legendary Pokemon Kubfu. That's right, I nailed that one. Kubfu uh, from the Mastered Mustard. <laughs> the Master Mustard. Oh my God. All right. Uh, through training with Cub Food, trainers will receive permission to challenge uh, the Tower of the Two Fists on the Isle of Armor. Well, once one of the two towers has been conquered, you know what? If you care this much about it, it's there. They're getting way into it. All right. This isn't as fun as Animal Crossing. You're going to go fight and get a new monster, a new pocket monster. Uh, they showed a new move, uh, Hydro Snipe, where uh, one of the starters ends up making a sniper out of water and takes a shot. So that's cool if you're a fan of. The grassy knoll? I don't know. It seems all right. <laughs> uh, the Isle of Armor launches uh, by the end of late June. Uh, additional info about the expansion pass, including part two, will be revealed in the future. Um, yeah, you can purchase uh, the pass right now for $29.99. Do, do, uh, Pokemon do anything for you? Ben, oh, I love Pokemon, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm looking forward to this. I think it's a smart move to have the DLC packs, but it's one of those things where it's like they announced it. I'm in. I don't know how many more details I really need from this. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's yeah. totally it's that's a light switch. You either want it or you don't. <laughs> you don't care what's inside, I don't feel like. Yep, for sure. Uh Bravely Default 2. In this follow-up to the original Bravely Default, four new heroes of light embark on a grand and glorious mi- uh, mission guided by the elemental crystals. Like the first game, Bravely Default 2 features a battle system that emphasizes strategy, with players deciding when to attack Brave or when uh, or hold back and wait for the right moment to strike default with beautiful places to explore and new jobs to acquire some of which can even be combined bravely default 2 is another epic rpg in the nintendo switch library a free demo is available today yeah super exciting i want to check out that demo for sure yeah yeah i i totally missed bravely default and watching it today and how beautiful it looked i didn't realize how great that looked you know what i mean and i know that like 
I, I liked Octopath a lot. And so I was getting those vibes, obviously looking at it. I understand the connection. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll check out that demo. Do you remember what a big deal Octopath Traveler was when it came out? Like Hell that yeah. was a weird bubble of everybody was on board for that. I know it sold really well, but I never could have expected that. And I think maybe I was expecting that to come up again with, um, oh, Sharp FE, Tokyo Mirage Session. And oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I just thought like, oh, all JRPGs released on Switch are going to be huge. And I didn't see that bubble. And so I'm curious if that was an anomaly or if it's just that audience is always going to be there, just quieter and quieter and quieter. I think it's one of those right time, right place things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lightning in a bottle where it was that. Remember, that was when the Switch was just taking off when it got announced. And we all saw that trailer and we were like, what the hell? This looks beautiful. What the hell is this game? And so it had that juice and it didn't have this huge library to contend with. Because I'm with right there with you of I had done... God, I forget if it was kind of funny or IGN. I guess it would have been kind of funny, right? Where I had done previews for Tokyo Mirage, and I was like, this seems like my jam. And then yeah. it went, oh, I don't know, it would have been IGN, right? And then it came to Wii U or whatever, and I was like, I am never turning my Wii U back on, sorry. And so when it got announced for Switch, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm all in. You know, I hit, I was begging them for a code, and I got the code. And by the time I got the code, I was playing something else and doing something else. And there's just so much competition that I'm like, when am I going to have time to go in there and play, you know, 50 hours of Tokyo Mirage session. Right, right. Swamp wall. Uh, still coming in 2020 to the Switch. A wealth of 2K games. Many games from publisher 2K are coming to Nintendo Switch on May 29th, including sci-fi classic XCOM 2 collection, which contains XCOM 2, four DLC packs, and the War of the Chosen expansion, as well as Borderlands Legacy Collection, which contains the original Borderlands, its sequel Borderlands 2, and its pre-sequel Borderlands the pre-sequel. 2K is also bringing its acclaimed Bioshock series to Nintendo Switch with Bioshock Remastered, Bioshock 2 Remastered, and Bioshock Infinite, the complete collection, as well as as Bioshock The Collection, which includes all three Bioshock games in one package. Holy shit. It's amazing. And when it was going, it's like, oh, 2K loves Nintendo Switch, which is a cool visual presentation they had rolling. And then I was really racking my brain. like, what is the third 2K game? What could this possibly be? And then, of course, XCOM, something I've been craving for so long. But it's a little bit of that monkey's paw of, I love Enemy Unknown more than XCOM 2. And I was hoping it was going to be Enemy Unknown. But like, still, it's a win overall. But why not just get Enemy Unknown on there, too? We're so yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, exactly. That's always the weird thing with this, right? As you go there and like what you pick and what you don't have and how it goes. But like, even like, don't get me wrong, I would have preferred Borderlands three and crossplay and everything else, which I know is just impossible. Or whatever the Borderlands, right. cool. The Bioshock stuff, like every yeah. Bioshock game, like in one spot on the Switch, like that's ridiculous. That's awesome, and I'm surprised. I'm I'll be interested to see how well it runs. That's always oh, the thing sure. with Switch, right? Of like, all right, cool, you're bringing these games over, but like, how they're gonna how they're gonna perform. And it's to the point like where they showed off at some point, like, oh, Saints Row 4 will be coming to Switch. And it's like, yeah, yeah but not really. Like, we know how Saints Row 3 ran on the Switch, so, like, take it with a grain of salt. But did you see uh, in the fine print, I saw Jason Trier from Kotaku tweeted out about how if you buy the physical version of this, it only has, like, the starting levels for all the Bioshock games. You still need to download everything. So all these announcements are great, but just steer towards the fine print. Yeah, yeah. How, what the what the Switch can and can't do. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the first sp- the first fighter in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighters Pass Volume Two, will be joining the battle from the Nintendo Switch game Arms. The fighter will be announced and released this June. Thought, back to our thing of like what, how, how what, the COVID announcement and all that stuff. Thought it was a very interesting way they announced this, right? Where it wasn't the normal how you introduce smash brothers it was the static screen you clicked on it it played the arms music and then it showed a whole bunch of arms characters and like they kept making yeah. arm puns right of like we need more to extend our time and we'll you know like all right cool it's out of our reach or something like that you're like okay cool but it was an uh, interesting 
that smash just got relegated to like here's this thing that we we're not ready to go prime time with it but here's the news I was so confused with the presentation because it started up and it's like, okay, they're going to announce like the release date or the reveal date for when they're going to tell more. And then it was like, nope, F4 play. Here you go. It's an arms character. And it's like, I know there's still mystery about who's left, but like, I need more time for Smash hype. Like, I understand it's unhealthy if there's too much, but I love Smash hype. Just give me like just 30 seconds of daydreaming of what this announcement could be, but just bam, arms moving on. It was, it was too fast. Yeah, exactly. But we'll get more, I guess, in June, and it'll be announced in June. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse Games, 51 worldwide classics. There are 51 games like uh, Four in a Row, uh, Mancala, Slot Cars, Sliding Puzzle, and Texas Hold'em are coming in this one collection uh, on June 5th. So that anyone who pre anyone who wants to pre-purchase the game can do starting today. But here's Don't 51 games. I love that. And it, what a great time. And I was just praying like out today, out today, but like June 5th. All right. Still a little bit further away, but I like, I was understanding like, okay, hey, chess checkers, you're moving through the basics. And then they start roping in billiards, golf, fishing. And it's like, <laughs> wait, we're just spiraling out of control here. Yeah, exactly. There's like, here's everything in the possible world you'd want. It's like, okay, cool. What? Uh, thank you. Thank you. And they uh, showed a game. Is... Hang on. Have you seen Hare and Hounds was one of the games they showed off? Mm. I, I'd never seen it before. Please uh, leave a comment if you're a huge fan of Hare and Hounds. But I saw it and was like, I think I want to buy this just to learn how to play that weird looking game. Just got to know. Just got to know what that was supposed to be, right? For sure. Um, then in their rundown of here's a bunch of other stuff coming in 22 or 2020. Sorry. Uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered. Ten years later, the classic high octane racer is back with this remastered version featuring breakneck racing, high flying stunts, and most importantly, shameless amounts of automotive destruction. Burnout Paradise Remastered crashes onto the switch in 2020. Awesome. A fantastic game. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a racing person at all, but and I know now it's so quaint because obviously hundreds of games have done it. But when Burnout Paradise dropped and it was like this open world, like, what do you want to do? Just smash billboards, you know, challenge your friends or just race their ghosts or do this thing. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to remember, is Dangerous Driving on the Switch? No, I don't think so. I think that's okay. uh, Xbox, PS4, and PC. But actually, okay. I, I feel like kindoffunny.com slash wrong. I think it might even just be PC and maybe one of the consoles, one of the big okay. consoles. But I, but I yeah, might I mean, be both. But it's definitely a game I'd love to have on the go, so it's a great call. Totally. Uh, Fuser, well, we've talked about it before, that Harmonix uh, DJ game that's coming to Switch this fall. Uh, King's Bounty 2 uh, is coming to the Switch in 2020. Uh, Ninjala, this free-to-play game, up to eight players, must battle it out to earn points to claim victory. Four and four matches coming in May. Uh, this is a fun one. Catherine Full Body. The unique puzzle adventure game is coming to Nintendo Switch as Catherine Full Body, a remake of the original game. Climb a tower of puzzle blocks and dive into mature, intense, and intoxicating story when Catherine Full Body launches on the Nintendo Switch July 7th. That cool. I'm going to do. That one I'm on. That, 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 that I'm backing for. Because when Catherine Full Body got announced originally coming to Japan again as a, a PlayStation 4 and Vita, I was like, that is a Vita game. Can't wait. And then it came to North America, and it's like, we're just bringing PS4 to North America. <laughs> Fuck. I don't feel like playing this puzzle game at my at my main uh, monitor all the time, but I'll definitely tinker with it. But And then I, I'll get in the same thing I did before, but where when I was playing Catherine Full Body on PS3 back in the day, I went away for a week, and I came back, and I couldn't remember how to do the puzzles. They got too complicated. Well, here you go. I mean, it's nice to have puzzle games portable. I think you can really just stay in your bed all day and play it. Thank you. Um, before we move on to the question, uh, Steve Jerbs uh, says dangerous driving platforms are, in fact, PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One. So there you there go. There we go. Thank you. Um, Now that we've done all that, let's have a question about it. Well, first off, what is your reaction? A good Direct Mini? 
Yeah, solid. Uh, maybe the most exciting for me would be, well, I love Smash, so it's exciting to try and at least try and figure out what the ARMS character is. But having XCOM 2, if it runs well, I, I'm super excited about it on the Switch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for me, obviously, I think Animal Crossing stuff's huge. I, I'm, I, we already knew about Bunny Day, obviously. The fact that they already have an Earth Day event too makes me super excited that Nintendo is more bullish on these seasonal ev- or these events. I, sh- I shouldn't say seasonal, more bullish on events than ever. If they're doing two a month, like I'd really love that to keep you engaged of what's happening. And to your point too, Ben, of like, you can't cheat that. That's not something you can go ahead and spoil. You have to be there for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously I'm, I'm stoked about uh, Fantastic Four and more Marvel content, more story. That's great. Um, to toss out, I want to get a bunch of your wrongs in here, all right? Not even, some of them are just taps in the right direction. Nanobiologist says Panzer Dragoon remake devs are Megapixel Studio made by, made. A- I'm sorry. The Panzer Dragoon remake devs, Megapixel Studio made Agony. That's what I think we were looking Agony. for later. Okay. Um, and then this is an interesting one too. I didn't know this or had lost sight of it. MB underscore crunch says, this is not the first time a direct mini has been shadow dropped. It happened back in January, 2018 as well. It makes sense for a direct mini today as so many other releases are in limbo. Ah, so as we were like, is it because of COVID? Is it because of this? No, just this idea. But this brings us to our question from Ark Wing, who wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Hello, KFGD hosts. Following the shadow drop of today's mini direct, I immediately saw people being disappointed that there was nothing new, that it wasn't a full direct, that they didn't care about any of the games, etc. This is probably due to all the rumors and hype surrounding the Nintendo Direct. Examples being the rumor of a new 2D Metroid, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 details, etc. Nintendo did not hype up this Direct beforehand. They shadow dropped it. It was a mini Direct. And even at the beginning of the Direct, there was a message regarding COVID's possibility of changing the plans for the game shown. My question to you is this. What can people do to set their expectations at the correct level for Nintendo Directs and other gaming events? What do you guys do to keep your expectations in check? The hype culture on the internet can get toxic sometimes. And I wanted to hear your take on direct on this Direct and hype in general. Uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Keep up the great work. Arkwing. Ben. Stay stay off of Twitter. Uh, yeah. If you see like, hey, an announcement coming, Nintendo Direct, great. Just check off, just log off until it happens and sit back and enjoy it. There's going to be something interesting in there. There's plenty of interesting little nuggets in here, I think, to, to unpack. So I totally understand getting carried away with like, oh, this person's saying this, this person's saying Metroid, this person's saying Zelda. But just sit back, like, especially now when we should be at almost peak satisfaction with Nintendo for the fact that Animal Crossing is uh, healing the world. Yeah, you know, it's bringing like, everyone together. <laughs> yeah, focus on the good. Focus on the Nintendo games that are out there. You have plenty to play on your Switch, but I understand getting carried away with hype for sure. Yeah, I think there's multiple answers to the question, Mark Wolf, because I guess you're Ark Wolf, because you asked multiple ones. But the biggest one would be, I wouldn't let the armchair quarterbacking that happens after every presentation in the video game industry sway you one way or the other. Because nine times out of ten, right, it's what I was talking about, of like, negativity speaks louder than positivity. And when you're mad about something, you're more likely to go talk about it. I think most people who would watch this direct or any presentation and be happy with it probably just go about their day afterwards. Like not having any expectations for it, for me, uh, not knowing it was coming helps because I jump in and I didn't have, I was like, what is it? I don't know what I'm going to get. You look through it and it's like, I always, I know it's a tired story for kind of funny fans, but when Adam boys came by after one of the PSXs and was talking about how they put together the press conferences and the fact that there's no possible way to put together a conference where, or a presentation where every game is for the, every person, you have to go in there and try to find three things in a, in a sea of 12 games that speak to you. 
And with this one, for sure, Animal Crossing, Marvel, right down the list. I think how the 2K stuff's really interesting. Like, there's enough in there where I'm like, this is really cool. This is a really exciting one. But of course, there's going to be people who live and die by Metroid and want to go rage about that on the internet. Don't listen to them. Yeah. And just remember that you will be, <laughs> this is a weird message, you will be satisfied in the future. Like, you remember how fun <laughs> it was when, when they announced like Link's Awakening and it just felt like it was completely out of nowhere? If you just keep your expectations in check, you will have those lightning bolts of just miracles dropping in a direct that you never could have guessed, you know? So good things will happen. Exactly. Uh, one more correction before we get out of here on this major uh, Nintendo story. Uh, Ravencell wrote in to say, uh, Greg, the Star Wars game you were thinking of was Rogue Squadron on N64. You uh, could use a code to unlock the Naboo Starfighter before Episode 1 came out. Ooh, sweet looking I mean. ship, too. Right? Yeah. Was, and everyone's like, what? And I mean, now, you know, DLC and things getting patched in left and right. You don't even think about it. But back in the day, you're like, what the hell? How do they know what the <laughs> ship would look like? Yeah. Number two, that's right, number two, 38 minutes into the show, uh, Epic Games partners with Remedy, Playdead, and Design. Today, Epic Games is announcing a new multi-platform publishing effort with a developer-first approach. Gen Design, The Last Guardian, Playdead, Inside and Limbo, and Remedy Entertainment Control are the first partners to announce relationships with Epic Games Publishing. Uh, the Epic Games uh, approach to publishing fundamentally changes the developer slash publisher model and aims to have the most developer-friendly terms in the industry so that creators can focus on making great games. Uh, they list these other bullet points from the press release. Full creative freedom and ownership. Developers retain 100% of all intellectual property and full creative control of their work. Fully funded projects. Epic Games Publishing will cover up to 100% of development costs from developer salaries to go-to-market expenses such as QA, localization, marketing, and all publishing costs. 50-50 profit sharing. Developers earn a fair share for their work once costs are re recouped. Developers earn at least... I'm sorry, let me try that again. 50-50 profit sharing. Developers earn a fair share for their work once costs are recouped. Developers earn at least 50% of all profits. Incredible. Uh, right. It's it's super exciting. I mean, I know people obviously were upset about the exclusivity with Epic Game Store, but like this just feels like a much better use of just the boatload of cash they're making with Fortnite than, okay, we'll give you a million dollars and you'll be exclusive to us for a year. Like this is just a win-win for everybody. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I know that like... I think it's, I don't know how, if you've seen it, like when, when we were doing games daily and Epic Games Store first came around, again, I'm not a PC gamer. I'm very much a console plebe. I'm happy in my space. I would talk about how great Epic Games Store is and all these terms and things they're doing. And so many people would rage against me that it's, it's not this, it's that, it's blah, blah. And every day we seem to talk more and more and have people present arguments that didn't net out in the end. And now I feel like we've finally gotten to this point where it's died down to the, to where you'd expect it to. Where, okay, cool, it is another launcher, it is another store, they are improving on it, whatever. All that aside, I continue to think that Epic is a good guy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm generalizing an entire thing there, right? But right. they continue to make game developer moves, moves that are good for the games industry, I feel. Where it is the fact that they are making money hand over fist. And they could sit on that and they could use it to just line their pockets but they continue to do stuff like this where it was that if you were using their engine right they changed the rights on what your you the cut you were getting for the trees you made uh when they did the epic game store they changed the percent you're getting and now with this publisher approach they're talking about fully funding projects they're talking about fully funding salaries like we talk about layoffs all the time and developers closing and crunch because you're trying to make a deadline to do a different thing like these are the kind of solutions that actually work right now yeah, 100%. And you think about 
you know, they could, they could Valve it up. You know, we all love Valve and Half-Life Alex is great, but honestly, think about like how many games Valve could have been funding this entire time with the billions of dollars pouring into Valve through Steam alone, you know? And so it's so awesome to see Epic kind of be on the forefront and starting to create something, create more output. And it's wild to think of, it wasn't that long ago when they released Fortnite, remember that they had Gearbox publish the physical version of it. Yeah. And so now just Epic has grown so much in just what, those two years, two and a half years, that now they're at a point of like, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll handle everything, marketing, everything. We got it. Let's go. And yeah, it's, you know, I know there's probably a, a million different reasons and stories that I don't know. But I uh, for the big stuff here, for the broad strokes, it seems like they're making the right calls. Uh, Remedy put out this statement too I want to read about, right? Because I think you hear about this uh, multi-platform publishing agreement. You don't know what that really means. Remedy reads like this. We have signed with at Epic Games to publish our next two unannounced multi-platform projects. We're joining their new developer-first publishing effort, which gives full creative freedom and IP ownership. That was a tweet that then linked to a bigger thing from Tomas that I'm now pulling this one paragraph from. Remedy is working on two multi-platform games for next-generation consoles and PC that will be published by Epic Games. The first project is Remedy's most ambitious one yet, a AAA multi-platform game already in pre-production. The second is a new, smaller-scale project set in the same franchise. Both games are being developed on Remedy's proprietary state-of-the-art Northlight game engine and tools. It's awesome they're not uh, using Unreal. But uh, yeah, that's super <laughs> exciting. I mean, odds that this is Control 2? I, I mean, I don't think so. Really? I, I mean, yeah, I don't. It, the, the first project is Remedy's most ambitious one yet, and a, or a AAA multi-platform title set in pre-production. Small scale. I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, and I think what gets in, well, no, I was going to say what gets interesting is like 505 published control. So maybe that wouldn't be it, but I bet that they probably signed on for just one game rather than two. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, they still own it. I don't think 505. Oh, no, no, no. I know that. I just don't know. You know, yes, that's a great point. That's a great point. But yeah, I I didn't mean to imply that that's been a big thing for Remedy. I think actually with control where they've been like, we own this IP. We're not doing this again. (laughs) We're not repeating the follies of the past where we screwed things up. Yeah. Like literally they told me that's why it's called control. (laughs) Like it's it's very important for the overall project. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it is? God, that would be my guess. And especially like there's so many places they could go. So they do have like this smaller spinoff game. It seems yeah. like the safer bet, but oh, this is where we really need corrections. But did they get back the rights to Alan Wake as well? I believe that was a story yeah. from maybe like the last six. Because that's why, because then the, what, the third DLC is going to be Alan Wake? For It ties into, Control's third DLC is in Alan Wake universe or whatever. Oh, is that right? Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. When you look, the, the, the uh, graphic that they put out about the roadmap, showed it like it was basically the control uh font stuff matching up with alan wake and having alan with the flashlight there or whatever i'm pretty Uh, sure sure. no i just i would i would always love new ip but i really love control study of them i think they were pretty i don't i think 505's budget was not the biggest so the idea of just having epic's bank account now funding like control or new ip or some new project from remedy it's 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 as exciting as it could be Googling around trying to figure out. Yep, there it is. July 2nd, 2019. Uh, okay. Remedy regains publishing rights for Alan Wake. This there is uh, greenmangaming.com. Uh, Steve Boxer. Uh, Remedy Entertainment has revealed that it has reacquired publishing rights to its game, Alan Wake. Uh, for the first, for the, for the, for its first half year period of 2019, Remedy, oh, it's talking about how they split up the money. But yeah, they're back. They have it again. And that's why okay. it's coming. 
scroll and all that stuff. And obviously Sam Lang's so passionate about that. And he said a thousand times he wants to make the big sequel to Alan Wake. So maybe if they have that budget and they can do whatever they want, maybe that would be at the top of the list. And, and maybe see, they... Go, go ahead, ahead. sir. No, no, maybe, you go. Maybe they locked in this deal too before the success of Control. Like, and they thought like, oh, it's a good game, but didn't know there was going to be game of the year winner for 2019 from so many outlets. So maybe if they had to get the ball rolling, they would have gone with kind of the passion project like an Alan Wake. Yeah, it's, I think my my thought process on it knowing nothing would be this, that... Remedy's always been so talented. And I think, you know, signing on for Quantum Break like they did with Xbox when it looked like Xbox was going to be this TV games machine was right. the a smart call. And then when the winds completely blew the opposite direction, they got fucked on that. Yeah. So you figure they not I don't want to say damage their reputation. I think it was that if you if you'd been around long enough and you knew Max Payne and you had a 360 and you knew Alan Wake and you knew these games were awesome, to have them step out and step on the rake in their front yard and botch quantum break in terms of reception to then go under the radar. I think control was their reaffirmation of, Hey, we're fucking remedy games and we make awesome shit. And if you don't know it now you do, we're winning game of the year. We're doing this. And I think knowing this now a little bit, and especially as they talk about with what's going on with the AAA stuff or, um, you know, next gen AAA uh, multi-platform Epic stuff. I think it's very interesting now to look at that control roadmap and see the Alan Wake DLC tie-in and wonder if that's what's going to happen. Is that we're going to go all the way to that DLC, get to the Alan Wake part and have that launch whatever is going on with Alan Wake and have them pick that back up and be their game and then have a spin-off Alan Wake game and stuff like that. Because clearly they love Alan Wake. Alan Wake, I mean, you know, Alan Wake was that game, right, of like, you're playing it. If you had a 360, you were playing it and you're thinking, this is amazing. And it was downloadable, right? So it was like, look at this game that or American nightmare was right. Yeah. 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 And so it was like, it did something incredibly special and unique and different, but it did it at a time when not many people were jumping into that kind of game. Yeah. I love that idea of that smaller project that they're teasing here being, well, it's in the same universe, but technically if they're connecting these two universes together, then that could be the Alan Wake project. That's a really fun idea. Yeah. And so I think that'd be a really cool way of getting it back there and then piggybacking off that. And again, having it be, uh, hey, now you know who we are. You know, Remedy Games means something when you see that, you know, control means something. Let's go back to an IP that means something and give it to a new audience. Yeah. But talk about like three amazing developers are open for this announcement. Dude, I, you, right? you can't top it. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's your great point as we continue to just talk about Remedy as if it was just them. No, they also have <laughs> Gen Design, Ueda, right? They're talk, you're talking about Last Guardian, you're talking about Eco, uh, Play Dead, of course, Inside, Limbo. Like, yeah, this is a, a trio of developers that do awesome, awesome shit in the industry. And so to have them come in there, you know what I mean? To have them come in there and do exactly what they're talking about, uh, creators can focus on making great games. Like, that's a great deal. And again, it makes sense when you're epic and you're this well set up and you have this much capital and you can either sit there and be one of the three richest kings or you can try to redistribute it and have it be that you're going to take chances and make a really awesome publishing label, I think. Yeah, it was so fun watching that video that they released too because you know sometimes they try to dance around IP that's technically Sony's, but I love it. Like, no, when we're talking about Ueda and Gen Design, let's just show Shadow of the Colossus footage. Let's show Last Guardian footage. Like, <laughs> lean into this stuff. And then even like the Play Dead, uh, Min Max's Kyle Hilliard is obsessed with that studio and he was like going frame by frame because it's the most you've ever seen inside of the studio so yeah. like breaking down all concept art in the back- background and stuff it's super exciting um final on the Roper Report number three uh fallout 76 wastelanders DLC has been delayed this is a letter from Bethesda Game Studios friends like others around the world we're dealing with the crucial I'm sorry the critical situation that's currently affecting so many of us and our communities For the safety of everyone, we have transitioned to remote work and are limiting our in-person interactions. 
This has obviously changed the way we work, but rest assured that critical services for all our live games are fully operating. However, this has affected our ability to do the final testing we need for Wastelanders, and we must move the release date a week from April 7th to April 14th. We've done everything we can to minimize the delay and can't wait for everyone to play. A special thanks to all our private test server players uh, for all your help. We know this is a stressful time, and we can't thank you enough for all the support you've given each other and us. We're humbled to have such an incredible community that has stuck with us through ups and downs. It means the world to us, especially in times like this. Stay safe, and thanks again, Bethesda Game Studios. Yeah. Hey, that's something. Um, I would love... (laughs) (laughs) Not my cup of tea, but, like, I love that that community is apparently there. I want to interview, like, Fallout76's number one fan. Yeah. Not like poking fun at them. I just want to know the evolution of how they're feeling and how these types of announcements are impacting them. It's one of those funny things of this is one of my my, my anticipated games. One of my anticipated <laughs> things of like I was re- I was ready for it. I, in my head when I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm going to keep playing Animal Crossing, obviously. I'm going to do this. But then, okay, uh, all right, Resident Evil. All right, then Final Fantasy. And then it was uh, Wastelanders. I want to roll a new character and get back in and go see it because I – had fun with Fallout 76, even when it was a broken mess, which I fully admitted it was a broken mess. Don't get me wrong. And then when I'd come back, uh, I wanted to see what it was right before their conference at E3. So I spent like a day tinkering around. I was like, holy shit, this runs so much better. This is doing so many, this actually works and yada, yada, yada. Then when they announced the Wastelander stuff at E3, I was like, oh, I'll wait for that. And then the date pushed and the date pushed and now the date pushed. And so I'm still in there. I'm still interested. I put this more in of like, again, I think this is, among the first wave of many games you're going to see. And I think that this is one of the best case delays where you're talking a week where I think it's going to, you're going to see things slip a lot longer than this. All right. If you had to make a bet right now, let's say, I don't know what, what can we gamble? I don't know. Anyways, the pizzas. point is we, we trade in pizzas usually. Okay. Yeah. I'll ship a pizza to your place. Um, if you're right or wrong, I don't know how it works. The point is, do you think the last of us part two will get a delay? Dude, we were just talking about this, uh, yeah. me and uh, Bless. And I think I might even have a question for you if you want to get that in there. Sure. Yes. Brandon writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, at this point, does Naughty Dog and PlayStation look to intentionally delay The Last of Us 2 to a later date of when society is in a better state so that the game would be more welcomed? And if so, what does this do to Ghost of Tsushima and PlayStation 5? Good question. Uh, I don't think so. I think obviously money is going to trump everything and people are looking for something to play. So if they can possibly release it, I think they will. And actually, we just had somebody right into the Midmax Show podcast talking about how they were craving post-apocalyptic stuff right now. Like uh, they're really enjoying Days Gone and maybe it's yeah. a unhealthy trend, but I think there's there's that audience out there that wants to play the game that's capturing the zeitgeist, even if it's in the darkest way possible. Yeah. Um, it's a twofold question, right? Because it is the all right, cool, we have this game set in the aftermath of this pandemic, right? And like how it ended the society. Is that the problem? Or is the problem, you assume, I haven't seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, I'm not sure if there has one, conflict.com slash wrong. I assume everyone's working from home, right? Naughty Dog's yeah. working from home. While that's great, and we're so incredibly blessed that our jobs are such jokes, we can do them with webcams bought at Best Buy. Yeah. That's not necessarily the case when you're making a AAA video game and you need to collaborate and you need all the tech to work. Like, what has that done to their schedule? Has that, you know, how, if, you know, not, uh, last of us already got pushed. Did it get pushed just so bug squashing could happen? Or is it that they're still working on critical things? And even if it was just bug squashing, how hard is that to do? And how much time does that add of slowing it down? And do you get to a point where you're like, yeah, this is not what we want it to be. And so it needs to push again. And then, yes, 
Does that walk all over Ghost of Tsushima? Does that get? I mean, does that get way too close to PlayStation Five? Does PlayStation Five need to get delayed? Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to be the first big announcement. I mean, the follow-up thing is is something leading there, but I'm curious once those start being announced, just the ripple effects, and especially yeah, like you mentioned with the Sony lineup in particular. But yes, that weird thing of like, okay, if God bless everybody in the IT department in, in game studios overall, you know, just imagine trying to hook everybody up just to be able to squash bugs from home. There's that weird thing too, though, of like, okay, Kotaku read that article recently about uh, crunch at Naughty Dog. How does that work if everyone's at home? Would everyone just crunch more because they're already at home? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Move what it your means. desk to your bed. <laughs> it's a confusing thing, but uh, there are going to be stories to tell about this era for years and years from obviously all around the world, but then just the video game industry. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah. And it's going to be, we won't know the true impact of this till we get multiple years out and see what yeah, actually happened. For sure. We have more show first. Wait, wait, hold on. We have more show for you, but first, let's have a word from our sponsors. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you go to patreon.com slash games where you can write in to be part of the show, but you can also get the show there ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, want you to know there's one simple discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this. If you have good habits, you are good. This means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in two-minute timer and 30-second pulses that guide you to a full and even clean. Uh, the Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string that helps you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. You know it. I know it. Everyone listening knows it. Uh, I use Quip. Jen uses Quip. Tim uses Quip. Everyone in Kind of Funny pretty much uses Quip because we got the sponsorship a long time ago and we started using them. <laughs> Word of mouth spread between all of us. I'm like, this is actually really good. You're not brushing your teeth long enough. You need to switch. And we did, and it's great. And you got the travel cover. You've heard it all before. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get equipped today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash games. Quip, the good habits company. And our next sponsor is ExpressVPN. You all want some insider information? So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But Here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So this whole week, a bunch of people we know have been using ExpressVPN to binge shows like Doctor Who on UK, Netflix, and others. It's so simple to do. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works on any streaming service like Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason you should use ExpressVPN is to watch shows because it's so ridiculously fast. Uh, there's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so on. So you can keep watching on whatever personal device or the big screen wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now at expressvpn.com games, you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show. Watch what you want and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com. Dot com slash games 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 
Ben. Yes. As I said, I'm mm-hmm. excited for this Fallout DLC whenever it may come. But of course, April 14th is still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah, Kevin, there you are. I was missing you. I was missing you. Uh, out today. Control gets the Foundation DLC, a very big deal. On PlayStation 4 and PC, remember, Xbox people have to wait. Nanobiologist also wrote into You're Wrong to say, Reminder, Alan Wank is hinted at making an appearance in the second DLC pack of Control. Uh, it is also directly referred to in Control as collectibles. We knew that, Nano. Shush. Grand Guilds comes to Switch and PC. RFL Enhanced Edition comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Legend of Keepers comes to PC and Mac. Uh, Mikorama comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and the Vita. It lives. One Step from Eden comes to Switch and PC and Mac. Uh, Last Oasis comes to PC. Wenja comes to Switch. The Room VR, a Dark Matter, comes to PSVR. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Academy. Uh, yeah, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy comes to PlayStation 4 and Switch. Uh, Dream Gallery comes to Switch. Necro Worm comes to Switch. Card Game Bundle Volume 1 comes to Switch. Chaos Code, New Sign of Catastrophe comes to Switch. Indie Darling Bundle Volume 2 comes to Switch. Ooh. I, I don't know. What is in that? Oh, I can't wait to open it up. It's like an Animal Crossing package. Yeah, exactly. You just get the present. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sin Slayers comes to Switch. Wanba Warriors comes to Switch. Jigsaw Abundance comes to Switch. Trailer Trashers comes to Switch. Urban Cards comes to PC. Miner's Metal comes to PC. Warplane comes to PC. Assemble with Care, a game I adore from Apple Arcade, comes to PC. Uh, Biped comes to Steam. Manatech comes to PC. Uh, Element Space is on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Uh, the Game of Thrones games Beyond the Wall is out for iOS devices. City Skylines Sunset Harbor expansion is out. Borderlands 3 DLC Guns, Love, and Tentacles is out. Uh, and then Missile Commander Recharged is now on the Apple, Apple App Store and Google Play. It's free, and it's from our boy Adam Nickerson, who did Ding Dong XL. So check that out. Missile Command Recharged. Cool. I will check that out. A lot of games, man. A lot of games, Ben. Yeah, especially like the what the jigsaw abundance. I think people could use an abundance of jigsaw puzzles right now. So yeah, yeah. that seems like a good option. Now, so are you jumping? Is Control one of your jams? Are you jumping into this Foundation DLC? Actually, I I played like the first hour or so. Oh wow, um, okay. And it's cool. Yeah, it takes place all in like the basement of the oldest house. Um, so without spoiling anything, the idea is that like the astral plane is starting to intersect with reality. So it lets okay. them kind of remix things in a cool way but just the look of the basement sweet because it's all like red sand and stuff and you know you want it to be trippy that's what i really want from control dlc and starting it out it's like okay you're still fighting the hiss new variants they have pickaxes now and i think there's more and more as you go on but it's about four hours long and we talked about it on the midmax show podcast but kyle finished it and he really liked it he said there's a section on a train which is optional but it is up there with the ashtray maze so that seems great hmm you're not sold? No, no, no. It's one of those things. I can't bring it up. And I can't... Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, I don't like doing this. But it's breaking news that I'm looking into right now. That I'm trying oh, to no. figure out. You, yeah. Sometimes people like to try to troll you and you're wrong. And they put in fake things, right? So, I saw uh-huh. one come through. I'd done a search for it and couldn't find it. But now I'm seeing a bunch from different people. And uh, granted, you can change your name and thing. But I don't know. It looks like Halo Infinite might be delayed. Oh, wow. And the, 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 the best thing I have here is 
Bob Backwards, who says, fucking Halo just got delayed according to a bunch of tweets. How will this affect the Xbox launch or the launch of Series X? I can't, I'm looking around trying to find any kind of confirmation confirmation on that because I don't want to just go off of your wrong things. Right. But right now, I'm struggling to see somebody talking about it that way. And so it might be a rumor, might be something to keep in the back of your hat, but it might actually be happening. So hypothetically, what would that mean in your mind, Greg? That's huge. That's yeah. huge. And this is back to what we were talking about with, we've talked about it on PS I Love You, PlayStation 5 of, do you delay because of coronavirus? And what does that actually mean? Does that mean the supply is so low that you because like there could be manufacturing delays, but even let's say they manufacture all the machines. Do you launch these machines if their games can't be ready in time? Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, it's so bizarre. I mean, would you just release the Xbox One version? No, it's just if it's software field. But although maybe this is planting the seeds for the eventual console delay. Hmm. Hmm. Still, yeah, can't. It's hard, you know. Is how are you gonna find? It's hard to find this stuff in the, in the heat of the moment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 Let's mm-hmm. see. What is uh old Jason Schreier saying? Yeah. What Jason? Is he got anything up on it? Uh, let's see. Oh, he says you can buy his book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't see anything from him. But uh, who knows? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I, like I said, I want to keep you abreast of the situation. That's a lot going on in there. If you see anything on there, get, get me a, a link. I need a link for that kind of breaking news. Um, new dates for you. Obey Me assaults PlayStation 4, PC, Xbox One, and April 21st. Uh, the Flower Collectors is launching on the 21st of April. It's a new game from the Lion Song devs. Uh, deals of the day for you world war z is now free on epic game store until april 2nd uh, and then xbox free play days um are happening today the 26th through sunday the 29th you can play tekken 7 tom clancy's ghost recon breakpoint and risk of rain 2 all for free so there you go sweet mm-hmm. indeed indeed um I want to double down on a topic you brought up, right? So reader mail. Of course, you can write in the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get it ad-free. And of course, you can get it with the exclusive post show. Over there, Gondor's Condor, frequent contributor, writes in and says, Good morning, Greg and Ben. Yesterday, Greg and Blessing talked about how so many people aren't playing games like The Division 2 because it's too close to reality right now. As someone who's had the exact opposite reaction, who's been playing games like The Division and reading every article remotely related to COVID-19 because it's so close to reality, I wanted your takes. How do you react to our modern day situation? Hide away in the fantasy world to escape? Obsessively follow the situation? Find a balance between the two? Thanks for all you do, and please stay safe. Yeah, I guess a little bit of that balance. Like I've noticed I... The toughest times I've had so far is just when I've been glued to Twitter and trying to follow every new scrap and detail and everybody's spinning out of control. And it's just, it feels like too much. And then you just got to take a step back and remember like, okay, just follow the CDC's guidelines or your local government guidelines and just connect with your friends, people that actually matter and just try to get out of this whirlwind of anxiety that's going on online. And so personally, I love having Animal Crossing and, and lighter games. Like it's just the lightest thing, but you know, it was a couple days ago when I was about peak anxiety about this whole thing, I think. Um, then I watched like uh, We Came Together, the comedy with uh, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. Uh, came okay. out like in 2014, but it's on HBO. And it is just like the dumbest, most perfect, stupid as hell comedy. And that was like exactly what I needed just to laugh at jokes that were the dumbest things I've seen in a movie in a long time in a good way. So I tend to take the the positive approach overall. 
Yeah, that's the thing for me too. Um, you know, I, for gaming and entertainment wise, I think that's why so many people are finding solace in Animal Crossing because yeah. it is this pure video game. It is just pure, right? Go in there, enjoy yourself, play this thing, you know, go harvest, go plant, talk to your friends, talk to things, have people over, especially in the time of social distancing where we can't all get together. Even yesterday when we were testing the stream, we're doing this afternoon, like having me, Joey, Andy and Blessing in a room just playing Animal Crossing and talking about what we're seeing. Like that was awesome. Yeah. And just the smallest little things like when we were taking community feedback and stuff for the deepest dive in Animal Crossing or Game Club, they uh, a lot of people wrote in just in love with the small details of like, oh, the wind through the trees at night. Mwah. Or specifically, a lot of people are like, I love the applause. The fact that yeah. like anytime you craft anything, Tom Nook's just giving it up. He is so pleased with you. It's so small, but that stuff just adds up to being just a big comfort blanket. And so then the other thing of like, I am playing the division two when I can, I've been on a bunch of different reviews, obviously lately. And even when we were talking about Mike's review from uh, game speed with uh, Alex yesterday, um, I didn't, when I was playing Alex, I didn't get the oh man, this is so close to reality. It's so dark, like our reality. I didn't get that. And when I play the division two, I'm, you know, what is it like 120 or 30 hours into the division two? Like that game is not like, man, look at, look at, look around like this is so real and eerie right like i see the wash your hand signs and i just chuckle or whatever but that's not what it's about it'll be more interesting i think for like resident evil 3 right like what's the reaction to that i think actually today on reset era when i was running around doing my checks there was a thread started of like should they still release it or should reviewers bring that in or whatever of like that is legitimately hey there's this virus that's <laughs> this t-virus that's ravaged raccoon city like oh gee whiz this is bad and how it's all falling apart granted i you know it, resident evil gets quickly away from Stay in your house, but it starts there, right? Like, I don't. <laughs> Stay in your mansion, everybody. <laughs> get your dogs. Protect your Doberman somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's it's different for every person, and I don't I don't bring that into games usually. And I granted, I haven't really started a game, I guess, where there, or, you know, from scratch, a new game where there's a pandemic or something like that. But like Resident Evil Three, I'm excited for, and I'm not like, oh man, is it? I don't know. I'm I'm locked up too. Like, I think it, it is whatever you want to take or bring to the games, right? That's what it's about. Yeah. I've had a weird experience where I started in January playing with my girlfriend Pandemic Legacy. Oh, and God. so as we've continued to play that, it's just gotten more and more surreal. And there's definitely been moments where it's like, I don't really want to play that tonight. I don't want to think mm-hmm. about spreading a disease across the world right now. Yeah, right. Plague Inc. and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Ben, it's time to squad up. This is where people can go to patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody has fun together. Today, Luke from the Netherlands needs your help in Pokemon Go. Uh, his uh, code is 974358220485. Uh, Luke writes, hi, Greg and Ben. I'm writing into Squad Up in Pokemon Go because I'm in need of some new friends to send me some balls. Not the kind of balls you might think, though. I'm in need of Pokeballs because I refuse to go outside to spin some Pokestops due to the coronavirus as I don't want to take the chance of risking getting people sick. If I'm lying, I'm dying, Greg. I need some (laughs) balls. I understand, Luke. Uh, I would appreciate it and love to make some new friends of Pokemon Go with the best friends. Let's send each other gifts every day, get them balls, and catch some Pokemon while staying inside. Luke in the Netherlands. Great message. Uh, Again, 97 43 58 22 04 85 if you want to play pokemon go with luke and send him some sweet nasty balls ben yeah now we're gonna check in over here on your wrong uh no one's provided any link on this halo thing so it does appear to be bullshit at this point um (laughs) 
Nanobiologist points out Naughty Dog has not announced a work from home policy, but they probably have one since California is under state, state, stay in place. Gotcha. Agreed. And then, yeah, a lot of people have written in with an article from GameSpot yesterday basically saying that this wouldn't happen. I'm reading from Smithy, who's quoting Games, uh, who's going to GameSpot. Quote, in a blog post, the development team at 343 Industries shied away from confirming anything about the release date for Halo Infinite. For now, the game remains on schedule to launch this holiday, uh, though the way in which developers at 343 Industries work on the project has changed substantially. So, looks like it might have been a coordinated attack. From now on, if you're going to write in with breaking news, I need links. But I'm happy to walk, talk through things with you. Everybody else, yeah, I can't find anything. Can't find anything. Yeah, we're good for now, it seems. Unless that was somebody from the future. You never know, Ben. Save it for tomorrow's episode. Exactly. You know how it is. Yeah, save the news. Ben? Yeah. You've been fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can come it. by anytime you want to do shows and stuff. Oh, do you, you should mean do more that? stuff. Yeah, you're Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Please. It'd be fun to have some sort of Patreon crossover, even bigger than us. Oh, totally. I don't know yeah, it'd be awesome. trivia or just an overall discussion. It would be fun to line up just to help connect people in this, in this trying time. A hundred percent, dude. I love that. Anything I can do to help you, let me know. Um, one more time, where can everybody keep up with you? Uh, Patreon.com slash MinMax. And there are two ends of MinMax, just to make it nice and confusing. Um, or you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MinMaxShow. Uh, we have a new show because we hit one of our goals on Patreon. Uh, so we have a new show that's going to be launching next week is the plan called Photo Mode Snap. Where it's going to be Kyle Hilliard and I reviewing uh, your screenshots from any game. And it's going to be very much in oh, the that's style. that's awesome. It's going to be like a Pokemon snap, you know, but then also we have a uh, tabletop coverage, which was behind the Patreon paywall before, but because people could use some friends and want to reconnect with the tabletop group, we're going to be releasing those, uh, all the archived ones publicly throughout the next couple of weeks. So that should be a fun time too. That's awesome, dude. Also, I just wanted to plug too, uh, please check out Game Informer stuff. They're still going strong. You know, they could, they could use some support. Uh, like I left, um, but Andy McNamara, the editor in chief took over as host of the Game Informer show, which... I think is awesome. I was rooting for that in a big way. Just to have somebody that's been a Game Informer since 1991 now hosting the Game Informer show and he's doing yeah. a killer job and those folks could use some love and support. So please check out their stuff and send nice things to them. Andy's awesome. Love Andy. For sure. I always hated Dan Reichert though. So I'm glad he's long gone. He's a monster. He's actually, <laughs> I talked to him a lot about launching MinMax and he was, it was my sister and Dan were the two biggest naysayers of saying, don't do this, dude. <laughs> Dan's like, he's like, there's no more like uh, oomph left on Patreon. Everyone's already supporting somebody else. It's going to be a disaster. And it's like, oh, I'm glad I proved Dan wrong. Yeah. Dan Riker being the biggest naysayer just is to Dan Riker to a T. I like that a lot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week down to variety of platforms. You can get the nerdy news from us, patreon.com slash games for questions, comments, concerns. Of course, the ad-free version of the show and the post show we're about to do. Uh, if you have no bucks toss our way that we understand, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday tomorrow to close out the week it will be me and the okay beast blessing at a jr but until then it's been a pleasure to serve you <laughs> so then